In John 14, Jesus was speaking with his disciples and he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Well, it's wonderful knowing that that place is there. It's wonderful knowing that Jesus is preparing a place for you and me. The Bible says, eye has not seen and ear has not heard and neither has it even entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. We can't really imagine. We can read about it, but we can't picture it. We can't really get a, an idea of what it's going to be like. I don't want to miss what he's preparing. In the next verse, he said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He's coming back. I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you may be also. I want to preach for a few minutes this afternoon on this thought before he comes. Before he comes. Would you pray with me for one more time before the preaching? Lord, we just love you and thank you for the glory and the presence that we have felt in this house today. Father, I pray that you would just help us to receive your word, to be encouraged by it, strengthened by it, and to be prepared to meet you when you come again. Father, I ask it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Aren't you thankful for what you felt in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Now we've worshiped and we've shouted and we've prayed and we've just enjoyed that presence, but we need to hear some instruction today because I go to a lot of places in this world where I enjoy what's going on where I'm at. And then when I leave, I forget about it. I go to a great restaurant. I enjoy the food, but a little while later, I'm not thinking about it anymore. I'll go again if I get a chance, you know. I, I've been to theme parks where I really lo loved everything I did. I, I loved roller, used to love roller coasters, not as much anymore. get sick now that I'm getting older. I can't spin around like I used to. But, but you, you go places, you're like, I get all of this, and it's wonderful, and it's great. But then after a while, you're busy with life, and you forget about it. You're not thinking about it anymore. But there's coming a time... And when we're gathered together in this place, it's not so we can walk out of here and forget what we've experienced. It's not so we can just go about our days and act like nothing happened. We must remember that we are living for eternity. We take every breath. We're just one breath, one step, one heartbeat away from the afterlife. David said, there's but one step between me and death. He said, I'm the king, I'm anointed of God, I know who I am, but there's just one step between me and shutting my eyes in this world and opening them in the next. I know, I know it's quiet, and I'm not expecting any, any reaction right now. I want you to hear me, because 
what benefit would it be of you to enjoy this presence today but then miss the coming of the Lord? We better realize that he's coming back. That is something that we should know perfectly. One place that we know that the Lord is coming back, but he's coming like a thief in the night. We hear about it when we get in church. We don't really hear it preached about as much as we used to. But friend, we can't just hear about it and then live like it's not going to happen. We cannot, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln said, we cannot escape uh, the responsibility of eternity by neglecting it today. And friend, there's an eternity coming. And we're either leaving, living for time or eternity. Too many of us are still living for time. I got to have everything I can in this life. And it ain't nothing wrong with having the best and getting what you can until it starts interfering with you and eternity. Come on, somebody. You live every day, because one day all of us will leave this life and go to the next. Whether you're caught up in the rapture or you're the dead in Christ that rise first, friend, I don't know how it'll happen for you, but all of us will stand before the Lord. And that's something that we have got to get ready for before he comes. I, listen, the trumpet, when the, the, we always talk about when the trumpet sounds. Well, that's not a two-minute warning. That's not like, hey, there's the trumpet. You better start packing up. Better start getting ready. Better hit your knees and pray. At that trump, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to all be changed. We're going to be caught up in the air to meet him, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We better be ready before he comes. Are you hearing me? He said, I'm going away to prepare a place and I'm not just going to make it pretty so I can enjoy it all by myself, but I'm going to come back one day and get you and bring you there. But you better be ready. I better be ready before he comes. I don't want to miss the Lord. I don't want to miss what he's doing. Jesus said, don't get troubled. Don't, don't be discouraged. Don't let your heart be troubled in this life. I've got something better coming, but we better be ready before he comes. I don't want to be hanging around afterwards wishing I had got ready. Uh, listen, I know, I know that we don't preach about this as much as we used to. And I know that people don't really like to think about because they like to say, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. But we really don't like to think about it because we, somewhere inside our mind there's a little voice going, but what if you're wrong? What if you're not ready? And people are actually afraid of the coming of the Lord. But the Bible says that we can have confidence in that day. That we can have boldness in that day. Friend, let me tell you, you can trust the work that God is doing in your life. But you got to let him work. And we've got to do what we are supposed to do so we can be ready to meet the Lord when he comes. Jesus went away. Jesus don't lie. He said, I'm not just going away, he said, but I'm coming again. Are we going to be ready when he comes again? If in the next five minutes before I can finish this message, are we going to be ready if the trumpet sounds today? We like to think still when we preach about it, oh, it's down the road, it's years off, it's, it's at least weeks off, it's at least a day off, but what if it is in the next five minutes? Come on, somebody. What if it happens before the next word comes out of my mouth? What if it happens before you can stand again and lift your hand? Because he's coming in such an hour as we think not. I know. Oh, I sure would rather hear about uh, walking on water. Walking on water won't do you any good because walking on water ain't going to what's going to get you to heaven. We've got to get ready and be ready and prepared for the coming of the Lord. 
and I can't be a pastor and I can't stand in a church and not tell people, hey, it's good to shout. It's good to feel good. It's, it's great to worship and get all the goosebumps and talk in tongues and all those things and not tell you, be ready for the coming of the Lord. Don't just come and have church. Don't just come and sit in a service. Don't just be faithful in your tithes and offering, but be ready in your heart. Be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Be born again of the water. Be born again of the spirit and be ready to meet Jesus when he comes back again because he will come back again. He's coming with clouds, the scripture says, and every eye will see him. Every day I'm outside, especially in the summer with those big billowing clouds, I never look at the clouds without thinking, is he there? Where is he? Is this it? Am I waiting? Is it about to happen? Because he's coming with clouds. I don't know the day or the hour, but he said, you can discern the signs of the times and what am I doing before he comes? In Matthew chapter 24, in verse 37, Jesus was telling his disciples how it would be before he returned. He said, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, there's a lot of things we could spend time and time on, but I can tell you just real quickly, in that day, there was one man and his family getting ready and the rest of the world didn't care. And friend, if you were to probably proportion it, it would, those that believe and are getting ready, it's probably a very small size to the population of the world. The world is going about its business. It's just like it was in the days of Noah. There are some people that are working on the ark. They're working on the building. They're preaching the gospel. They're trying to get people ready. They're doing everything that Jesus said to do, and there are others who could care less. They think we're ridiculous. They think we're crazy. Oh, you don't have to do this and do that. You don't have, Friend, I'm telling you, if it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah, how did Noah escape? The scripture says that Noah did all that God commanded him. Before the flood came, before there was any rain, before the, the fountains of the deep burst up, Noah was working on the ark. He was obeying what God said. He was doing every single thing that God told him to do before the first drop of rain fell. Woo! I can't imagine how Noah would have felt if he'd been working on that ark one day. Maybe his son was working above him and a drop of sweat dropped down and hit him. And he, I'm not done yet. I don't want to live in fear. I want to know that I'm doing everything that I can do. I want to know that I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do because, friend, I can tell you, just like the flood came, Jesus is coming. He said, as in the days that were before the flood, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Now, friend, there ain't nothing wrong with eating and drinking. We all, we're going to leave this place and go somewhere and eat and drink and, and, and we're going to be with our families. There's nothing wrong with being married. There's nothing wrong with having families. There is nothing absolutely at all wrong with living life until it dulls you so much that you're not ready for God. When it begins to become more important than your walk with God, things are out of line. There wasn't nothing more important to Noah than moving with fear by faith and building that ark because he had to see his family saved. He said, I know it's coming and I don't know when. He didn't give me a time limit. He just said, get to work. And Noah started working on the ark. 
And God, when it was time, he sent the flood. But he said, before the flood, what were they doing? Anything but helping Noah. Anything but working on the ark. Anything but listening to the preaching. The Bible says Noah was a preacher of righteousness, but they did not hear his words. And it says, and all these people, it says, and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. There's going to be a time when Jesus comes back and gathers his church. Jesus is coming back to get a people. And I don't want to be so caught up in the cares of this life that I can't hear him, that I can't be ready, that I can't be prepared, that I can't be found doing everything he told me to do. I may never, ever do all that I think I should do, but I want to be able to do all that he thinks I should do. Come on, somebody. I know this is serious. Oh, pastor, this is heavy. Friend, this is real. This is life. This is what's going to happen because it ain't all about just having good church and running and shouting. It ain't all about camp meetings and conventions and, and NAYC and missions trips and all those things, but it's about the coming of the Lord. I am getting ready for eternity. You're getting ready for eternity. We're not just getting ready for tomorrow night at prayer. Or we're not just getting ready for next Sunday. Friend, we're getting ready for eternity because he could come between now and then. Will we be ready? It says they didn't know what oh, is in our mind. What is occupying our time that is keeping us from being aware of the coming of the Lord? I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be uh, looking around. Where did people go? Why am I still here? In the, in the story of Noah, as God called Noah and his family, and then God shut the door. Oh, I don't want to be on the wrong side of the door. I don't want to be, Noah, come on, man. I believe you now. I see you was telling the truth. I don't want to wait till it's too late. I don't want to be holding on to my family saying, don't leave me. Don't leave me here. I, I preached for you. I, I prayed. I gave my tithes and my offering. Lord, I, I, did. I don't want to miss the coming of the Lord. But what I'm telling you and what I'm telling myself today is that while we have time, what are we doing before he comes? Are we putting it off? Are we procrastinating? Are we saying, I'll get to it next week. Maybe next time I'll go down to the altar. Or are we taking it serious that God could come back today? Because we don't realize how short time is. Our life is but a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. What are we doing while we're here? What are we doing before he comes? Uh, listen, ain't nobody likes to shout more than I do. Ain't nobody likes to run and have fun more than I do. But friend, let me tell you, I give every shout up just to make heaven. Hello. I'd never shout again just to know I'm going through the gates. Friend, let me tell you, I don't want to miss heaven for nothing. I don't want to be putting on an act and a show, but I want to be getting ready to meet Jesus in the air. In verse 40, he said they'd be two in a field. The one would be taken and the other left. Two women grinding at the mill, one taken, the other left. You know, if they're working in a field, they work for the same master. What was the difference? 
They're both grinding at the mill. One's taking, one's left. They're in the same place doing the same. What's the difference? Oh, I want to make sure I'm ready for the coming of the Lord. I don't want to just be in the same field as people that's going. I want to go. I don't want to just be working at the same occupation as others that are working. I, I want to go. I don't want to be the one left. I don't want nobody to be left, but I sure don't want it to be me. And that might sound a little selfish, but honey, I'm not missing heaven for nobody. I'm not missing heaven for nothing. I'm not going to miss heaven for something silly and temporal in this world. I'm not going to miss it because of a bad day or a mistake or a mess or a heartache or something. I'm not going to get bitter or have unforgiveness in my heart and miss the coming of the Lord. I'm going to clear myself. I'm going to repent of my sins every day. I'm going to ask God, forgive me and let me be ready because one day he's coming back. And the fact of the matter is, the horrifying, terrifying fact of the matter is, somebody's going to be left. And only you and I can determine or we're not going to be us. We've got to do what it takes today. I know. I'm not sorry about what I'm preaching. I'm telling you today that Jesus is coming back and it's sooner with every breath you take. Come on, it's closer with every breath you take, with every beat of your heart. You're one heartbeat closer to meeting the Lord. What are we doing before he comes? He said, watch, therefore. You gotta keep watching. If you're keeping watch, you don't fall asleep. The Bible says it's high time now to awake out of sleep. If you were in the military and you had somebody on watch because there was an enemy coming to destroy you and the guy on watch is sleeping, the enemy can just come right on in and do what he wants. But when somebody's watching, there it is, there it is, and you can stop it. I'm telling you, as the watchman on the wall in this house today, the enemy's going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's doing a work, he's angry and he's upset because he knows the time is short. But let me tell you, God is going to do a quick work and God's going to get his people. And God's been building this church for a while. When he made this statement right here that I'm going away, that was a long, that's over 2,000 years ago. Jesus is coming back. And you and I can see it. What are we doing before he comes? We must be watching. He said, know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken up. He said, if you're watching, you can prevent that loss. Be you also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his house to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. And verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming. Well, we've been hearing about the coming of the Lord since we were kids. That just means it's that much closer to happening. 
That don't mean it's not going to happen. It's just that much closer to it happening. He said, oh, the Lord delays his coming. And then he begins to smite his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware. I do not want to be found and caught unaware. I do not want to be just doing my own thing and then Jesus show up. Friend, it's too important. I know how much good church we can have. And I know how excited we are about new souls and people coming into the church. And I know, and I want to win all that we can, but I don't want to lose a single one that we got. And I, friend, it's just getting too close to time in this world. You just look at what's happening in the world. It said in the days of Noah, that's how it would be. And in the days of Noah, it said men's heart were just set to do evil continually. We have never lived in a more evil and perverse world than we do today. It is wicked. It is awful. There is just untold amounts of killings and murders every day. Children and people disappearing. Just, I mean, I had a good friend of mine from Covington, and, and uh, he posted in his son in his third year. He just disappeared, was gone, and several weeks later they found his body. Man, it's, it's, I thought, I can't even fathom that. I don't even understand what's going on in this world, but it's happening every single day. We live in a troubled world. We live in a godless generation. But that don't mean there ain't a God. And that don't mean there ain't a church getting ready. Friend, we've got to do what it takes before he comes. Because he said, if you get busy and caught up with this life and with this world and start just doing your own thing, I'm going to show up when you least expect it. And you're not going to be ready. He said, oh, I'll deal with you. I don't want to be dealt with in that fashion. He said he'll take that, that servant and he'll cut him asunder or cut him off and then appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. And he said they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want that uh, to be my ending. I do not want him. I, oh, I can't imagine after all he did for me that he died on that cross and shed his blood, that he rose from the dead, went away, came back and filled me with his spirit. Friend, he's getting ready a place that we can't even imagine so we can be with him forever. How can I not get ready to meet him? I've got to be ready. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Of the time and season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night and we are not of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. I want to make sure that I am watching for the coming of the Lord. In one place, the Lord said, What I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Watch. When Elijah, uh, when Elijah said, Elisha, what can I do for you? He said, give me a double portion. He said, well, that's hard, but it can happen. But here's the deal. You'll have to see me when I leave this place. You'll have to be, when God catches me away, you'll have to see it. Don't you know that Elisha had his eyes glued on Elijah? 
I don't care what was going on around him. I'm not going to get distracted because I don't know when it's going to happen. And suddenly that chariot came down and parted them and, and scooped Elijah up and Elisha saw it. I want to make sure I'm watching that I'm not getting distracted because, friend, there's something better than a double portion of the prophet's spirit coming. There's something better coming one day. Jesus is coming back, and, and friend, there's going to be a parting of ways. But friend, those that are watching are going to be caught up in the air to meet him. I want to be with him, but what am I doing before he comes? Am I preparing for that day? Am I preparing for the coming of the Lord? I'm getting ready uh, to, to wind down here. But I want to read to you this. Peter wrote these words in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse uh, number 9. He said, But the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. He promised he'd come back. He will. But he is long-suffering to us because he's not willing that any should perish, but that we would all come to repentance. He's like, get ready before I come. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That word conversation is not just your speech, it's your behavior. He's like... Since you know this is going to happen, how should you be behaving? How should you be acting? What should you be doing before he comes? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire will be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now listen right here. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent. You know what it means to be diligent? It means don't be lazy. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. You be diligent about this, about your walk with God, your prayer life, your study life. Your, you, you be conscious about what's going on in your world because your walk depends on it. He said, be diligent so that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. What are we doing before he comes? Again, there's nothing wrong. Stand with me this morning. There's nothing wrong with having a good life, a good job, a good education, a family, children. There's nothing wrong with hobbies, going fishing, going hunting, going skiing, going hiking. Nothing wrong with any of these things. God has given us richly all things to enjoy. But they can never become weights and sin to us. They can never become so big in our life that we would rather do that than spend time with Him. That we would rather just go along with the world and take a few moments of our day and say, thank you, Jesus. That we would rather blend in with this world than
find ourselves at an altar saying, God, forgive me of my sin. Wash me from my faults. That we would rather just do it our own way than obey the scripture. Brother Arnold preached last night about we get the promises of God when we do what God has asked us to do. The promises of God are not self-fulfilling. It don't just happen because they're there. We have to be obedient to the word. And it, it makes me wonder why so many people today say, well, well, I believe in him. But the Bible says, but he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's the words of Jesus. It's written in red. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Paul said there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Preach the gospel to the whole world. And when they believe it, baptize them is what he said. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said you must be born again, born of water, born of the Spirit because that which is born of the flesh is flesh and flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We must be born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. We must have a new birth experience in our life. And yet so many people still deny that. But Jesus is coming back. So what are we doing before he comes? Is there, is there hatred in your heart toward anybody? It's time to get it out. Is there unforgiveness in your heart toward somebody? It's time to get it out. Is there bitterness taking hold of you? It's time to get it out. These things will hold us to the ground. We've got to get it out. We've got to forgive so we can be forgiven. We've got to love the way Jesus loved. I know it's hard. It's not, I don't say that's easy. But we've got to do it so that we can be ready to meet Him. What are we letting take control of our lives? I want to be led by the Spirit. The Bible says if that Spirit that raised Him up dwells in us, that it will also raise us up. And that's the spirit that leads us while we're here in all truth. I want to be led by the spirit, walk in the spirit, live by the spirit. I want to have the fruit of the spirit evident in my life. I want to be long-suffering. I want to be uh, loving toward people. I don't want nothing to hold me down. So I want to make sure that when I have the opportunity, as long as I have breath, that I am clearing myself. I pray to be right every day. Is that because you don't believe you are a pastor? No, it's because I know I'm flesh. And I know that I've got to keep this flesh under subjection. So I pray every day, just like Jesus said, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Cleanse me of my faults. Let me be ready to go, God. I know it's a serious message. I know it is. But it's serious. Eternity is serious business. You hear me? Eternity is serious business. When we get there, there'll be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, no more goodbyes. That's going to be a great day. But before he comes and takes us to that day, we got to be ready for it. We got to be ready to go, ready to meet him in the air. While she's playing this morning, I'm just going to ask all that will to come find a place in the altar. 
If it fills up and it's too crowded for you, if that's not, make an altar at your seat where you are today and pray and search yourself. Take some time. Let's, it's like Brother Arnold said last night. He said, don't, don't let this preaching go unanswered. Don't just, okay, put this in your pocket and go on about your way. Respond to the Word of God today. What are you and I doing before He comes?